Welcome to the Power Hack Hour. Everyone, every Wednesday, we interview top agents all over North America. And today we have uh, two New Jersey top agents here with us, Mr. John Scipioni and Kiro Nasrella. Welcome. Thank of course, you for man. Thanks. Us, Thanks for having us. That was a success just pronouncing your name, so thank you very much. <laughs> you know, I said, right, to Kiro, so... I said to Kiro before we came on, I said, you know, wouldn't it be funny if we actually dressed exactly like John Tsai with, like, you know, <laughs> the navy blue suit and the skinny blue tie? And, of course, we're not wearing it today, so it didn't even it, – it, we really would have looked ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> you got to put on a wig with a bowl cut. That would yeah, be, be the day. Well, we've man. seen your wife do it, so we figured if she can do it, <laughs> we could pull it off. There you go. Absolutely, man. Hey, again, thank you guys for taking the time. I know you guys are back-to-back-to-back calls. Uh, first of all, so you guys are both from New Jersey. Um, tell us about your start in real estate. I know, John, you've been in real estate now 14, 15 years, 15-plus yep. years. How about Kiro? So I got licensed in 2013. Um, I was 18 uh, or just about to turn 19 at the time. Um Dropped out of college, uh, did two semesters, and right into real estate. Thought it'd be Good very fun you. and easy, but it was very interesting. So, yeah. So tell us about your start, because uh, John, for fourteen years, then you started during the crash. Tell yeah. us about that start. Well, in, in all transparency, I mean, I I've been licensed fifteen years, but I've only been really full time you know, in the brokerage, residential brokerage side of things for, uh, let's say five or six years now. Before that, I was doing really like private equity, uh, raising money for developers and builders and, and really more like real estate finance. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was certainly uh, licensed at that time, but I wouldn't say I was actually, you know, selling uh, at a high level back then. Gotcha. So when did you start to sell at a full-time basis? Let's say about six years ago. Let's say 20, okay. yeah, 2015, 2016. Yeah. Okay, got it. So really your real estate experience uh, in terms of resale, I've only started since 2015, 16, and Kiro started 2013. And yeah. I guess, how, how did this partnership come about? We're still trying to figure that out. Uh, <laughs> no, it, uh, you know, um, we were both in the same market, uh, not really, you know, working too closely. Um, you know, both very heavily involved in the Mike Ferry program, and uh, we both had, you know, very uh, focused businesses that were, you know, mainly focused on around prospecting and and mm -hmm. generation and and full time listing agents. And I think we had met at a, a MFO event in Vegas, and after that we would sort of prospect in our own office Monday through Thursday and Fridays we would just go for the full day, eight, nine hours prospecting together. Mm -hmm. And I think we both shared a lot of ideas on virtual assistants and how we could leverage uh, a team. And, um, you know, what's funny is the big thing that the big aha moment for us was that I, at that point I had a virtual assistant who was calling, making outbound calls for us. And I think I had said to Kiro, I said, you know, our time is too valuable to be listening to busy signals or wrong numbers or having people not answer. Um, you know, if we're going to spend eight, nine hours on the day on the phone, I want to make sure that like, I'm actually talking to people all day long. 
So I was mm -hmm. telling Kiro about the virtual assistant I had at the time, who's actually still with me today, five, six years later. Um, wow. He was a beast. He's based in the Philippines, and he would get uh, a lot of people warmed up for me. So he would make a lot of those initial calls, see if they've got, you know, they're, they're raising their hand and that they want, you know, a follow-up phone call. And then every day I would walk into the office and I'd have about 15, 16 follow-up calls to make. So wow. instead of instead of listening to a busy signal for the first hour or, you know, dialing through Mojo and getting a lot of wrong numbers, he he got that out of the way for me. So the next day I would come in, I'd have 15 or 16 people who, you know, want to have a conversation about real estate. Did they all want to list their house today? No, but some of them, you know, we'd put them into the pipeline and we'd nurture them and some of them were ready to go this week and some of them were ready to go in three, four months. But uh, that, that was really how we created a partnership. And Kiro, uh, you know, in, in, uh, to, to give him credit, he was like, dude, the, we did the numbers back of the envelope and the ROI is just insane. So uh, we built our outbound calling team to uh, 14, 15 people um, at one point. And uh, now it's scaled back a little bit just because of, you know, certain issues, hiring and maintaining and managing, but yeah, it's certainly a really profitable business. So the two of us uh, joined forces in that way. That's my long-winded answer for you. Beautiful. Gotcha. <laughs> so you were both in, in the Mike Ferry system and you met that way because you were both in New Jersey and you were both prospecting at a high level and you would make calls for eight, nine hours a day. And that's how you got, you guys are both doing the exact same thing. So why not just, you know, get together and this had, you know, become a, a true partnership now. And I, I do want to touch on this. So we're talking about ISAs. You had 14 ISA inside sales agent at one point. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we just to differentiate, we, we, we call them outbound callers. Um, they're yeah. not necessarily setting appointments. Uh, you know, if any of them are listening to this, they know that they're all very skilled people, but they're not mm -hmm. skilled enough yet, at least, to actually set the appointment. So they're not necessarily saying, you know, John or Kiro can meet you on, uh, you know, Monday at two or Monday at four. They're just mm -hmm. having the initial conversation. And they're also not licensed, too. So they're not yeah. allowed to say certain things. They're just essentially right. finding out if there's any sort of interest or if they'd like a call back from somebody who is licensed to talk about, you know, real numbers and details. So they're, um, they're that initial phone call. And then what we have is an ISA who then sets the appointments. But, yeah, that's the outbound calling team. Okay. So the outbound calling team. Then you have ISAs who actually set sets appointments. Then Correct. once appointments set, then you two go on the listing appointments. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. And, uh, and the goal is to be able to you, get agents to go on their own from there. Okay. So you, besides you two, what, what does a, a, the other team look like? So three agents in total that used to be considered buyer's agents and it transitioned over just oh. to agents because as the market's changing, um, you know, we have an agent on our team whose gross volume is going to be 17 million second year in the business. And that's just majority buy side, but we know that the buy side is going to be impacted. So now our focus is what's going to happen that we can help make more value for the agents. And that's getting them listing certified, getting them familiar with the scripts and the procedure from there. So that way we can entrust them with the ISA appointments that are set for them. So just trying to figure out ways to constantly bring value. And that's another thing that we've merged on or like connected with is you leave an MFO event, you go back home to Jersey and you're surrounded with a bunch of agents that believe different things. And you try yeah. to bring somebody else to, Hey, come with me. Let's make calls for a couple hours. 
Um, and, and you can't find that. So you can't find that support group um, that you can grow in and with. So it, the support group with what we do is so hard because technology is advancing so fast and making it so difficult for the consumer to one, get what they want and two, get it in touch with, you know, someone who's not heavy on marketing. So, um, you know, I, it was one of those Friday nights, John and I were drinking a beer. It was almost eight o'clock at night. And the goal was to hit a hundred contacts that day. And he's like, I'm tired of these voicemails. I'm tired of these uh, answering machines that are, you know, not the right people. I wish there was a way that we could filter it out even more. So just thinking wow. about your hourly worth and trying to increase the hourly worth, that's where the outbound callers came in. And that's how we look at it in every aspect of the business now, which is great. Wow, that's very interesting. So besides you two, you have one more. Besides you two, you have three more agents. Three more. Three more agents. Got it. So a total team of five licensed agents with outbound callers and ISAs. Yeah. And then some administrative support staff as well. Administrative support staff as well. Okay. So, well, so what's the total team count uh, in terms of uh, people? So I would say 10. 10 uh, US-based people plus another 10 in the Philippines. That's 20 according people. To our Slack, so. yeah. 25 people according to, guys, that is a big operation. I did not know this. Yeah, That's well, amazing what you guys are doing. The leverage that you can, you can get from, you know, um, virtual assistance has been huge for us. Uh, yeah. I would go as far as saying, you know, uh, a mutual contact of all of ours, Aaron Novello, said to me once, he said, you know, you can afford to be overstaffed when you have virtual employees, right? And um, so now really it comes up like every time we have a new idea within our business, even something as small as like, like for instance, I just came up with an idea for a, a podcast uh, production assistant, right? So we have our podcast, you were, you were, uh, you know, uh, gracious enough to be on the show, uh, but somebody who handles all of the scheduling, all of the planning, all of the, you know, the aftermath of, you know, chopping it up into reels. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, it's funny, like sometimes you're chasing down guests to be on the show for three, four months uh, mm -hmm. just to get, the, you know, a date on the calendar. So that's just one example of, you know, we can hire a full-time person to make that their responsibility if they're based mm -hmm. virtually. And, um, it's just, it's spread. So, you know, we now have all these different people, our, our finance manager who pays our agents and make sure that, uh, you know, all of our bookkeeping is done and all that is also virtual. And like, we just have now can be totally overstaffed. So wow. it's given us a lot of leverage. So we're just trying to continue to think big in that fashion. And while John's Gosh, talking, the listing appointment was set from one of the VAs. So that's wow. ISA, which is pretty sick. That is amazing. Okay. So, you started, uh, so Kiro started 2013, you started 2015, 16. Uh, when did you start to build out this structure for ISAs and outbound callers? Well, it's right before the pandemic. Yeah. It's right before the pandemic. Wow. You yeah. saw it coming? <laughs> <laughs> it was not That's in crazy. preparation for it. It was just, uh, that was just when it all really came together. Uh, hmm. And by no means, John, I mean, you know, everything's a work in progress. There's plenty of frustration over here. And, um, you know, the biggest thing I think for us right now is just trying to, and this is, I know one of the things that we all said we wanted to talk about today was, uh, you know, whether or not, you know, people should build a team, whether or not you're ready, how you should do it. 
I'd say one of the biggest uh, frustrations or struggles or, you know, issues, I guess you could call it, that we're dealing with is, is we're still going on listing appointments. Mm-hmm. And we're also trying to build the team and trying to manage. And, you know, when you write out that, build out that org chart uh, or accountability chart, as we call it in EOS, it, you know, you find that you're, you're still in all these different functions and roles. And so we're trying to slowly remove ourselves from different functions, right? I mean, as of a month ago, I was still handling all the finance. I've gotten that off my plate. I'm trying to get, you know, some of these appointments off my plate so that we can totally just focus on, you know, leading the team. That's amazing. So looking, looking to work smarter and smarter to delegate what you're not good at or shouldn't be doing to increase your hourly pay. Yeah, I think that's what all agents should be looking uh, forward to doing. Which one of you is the visionary? Which one of you is the integrator based on the book Rocket Fuel? Yeah. So I'm the visionary and John is the integrator. Mm. So when you think of his frustrations, I'm like his number one frustration. <laughs> According to I don't know Rocket where, Fuel, the, where the, the picture comes in, but he's on my like, screen, he's down this way. Okay, <laughs> like yes, the, yes. You're pointing yeah. the right way. <laughs> Wow. Okay. And I, I guess, um, how would you know when you found a good partnership? Because a lot of agents who want to partner up a- ask me, okay, well, I, I want to find a partner. I don't want to start a team yet, but I need a partner. So if I go away, I have someone to take care of my business. How would you know if you found the right partner? That's a good question. I, I would say in our scenario, it was, I mean, the reason I thought Kira would be a good partner is because I was sort of that agent who would come in, shut my door, put on the headset and just like do what I was supposed to do. And, you know, it wasn't that I was being like, uh, I was focused, but I was just not necessarily like pumping everybody else up. You know, I wasn't like you, John, standing on the stage, screaming affirmations and getting the whole room excited, you know? And when Kiro and I would prospect together, that was sort of his energy and enthusiasm. And I was like, you know, I lack that. So uh, bringing somebody else in who I could partnership partner with that, you know, would be able to, get, get the whole room excited about, you know, doing the thing that we all don't want to do, right. Which is prospect, but we realize it, it, it's where the most amount of money can be made. Uh, that's where Kiro, you know, really offset some of the things that I was lacking. So for me, that was compliment each other is, is what I'm hearing. I I think that it's the biggest issue or the biggest struggle partnerships come into is everybody's learning sales. And everybody's trying to bullshit each other and <laughs> um, like sales. Uh, but when you are very clear on where your lane is and you can fully trust the other person um, with handling their lane, then that's when the partnership grows and it's, it becomes, it's like a marriage. Um, so, you know, EOS has helped us significantly with that understanding what each person is. Um, I understand that I, cannot i'm not the best of a manager but i the skill that i need to improve on when i need those things i can go to john right and mm-hmm. when we have something that we're trying to come up with or improve in a certain area i can take care of that and then i could bring it to john and be like yo do you think this is a good idea and he'll be like well that's probably like in three years from now not like right now right now so then it helps me stay focused because other than that i'll be flying away like a kite so it's uh it, it, just knowing your um your lane and not having an ego with it is super helpful um John and I are the kind of guys that will work our asses off and then work smart. So now with the, the smart side of it coming into play, it's, it's helping uh, us excel a lot faster at that now. 
Definitely. And uh, th that's a huge operation, by the way. So big congratulations on what you guys have already built so far. So what's the vision for you guys? Are you guys looking to build to 40, 50, 60 staff and agents? What's the vision? I've, uh, I'd say it's, you know, the reason, the struggle that we've had is that the reason we only have three agents now is because we want to be really selective about per agent productivity. There mm. are teams in our market and there are teams across the country that, you know, have 50, 60 buyers agents. Mm. And, you know, if you look at how many deals that actual, you know, the individual agents are doing, it's like three or four, right? Like we all say the average agent in any market is selling, you know, four homes a year. So we don't want to water down the brand by just taking on anybody. And, you know, my ideal structure, uh, I think Kiro would agree with me, is, you know, maybe it ends up being 20 agents, but it should be ran like a sports team because that's mm -hmm. how any, any big company would run their sales team, right? I mean, there should be 20 spots and there's always three people who are, you know, sort of out the, you know, on their way out the door because they're not making their numbers. And there's always three new people coming in, right? And people are always just constantly fighting to stay on the team. And in my in my opinion, right? And and that's sort of the mentality that I think will inspire the people who are there to not only hit their numbers, but to maintain, right? I mean, one of the things that we all worry about is when you have your best year ever, the next year you're like, oh shit, can I do it again? But when yeah. you're surrounded by people who are doing, you know, big numbers, big numbers. I, I think it certainly helps. Definitely, definitely. Uh, with a team this big, how do you hold your agents and your staff accountable? Kiro can answer question. that one. <laughs> yeah, so um, it, well, it just kind of goes into the John's answer last. It's um, it, the every agent we do a same page meeting uh, every month. So we review the previous month's activities uh, and what their metrics were. And based on the goal that they want to accomplish and the commitments that they want to make for themselves, kind of took this from you, from what you shared with us on uh, the podcast, uh, which we're grateful for. So thank you. Um, in alignment with what they want to achieve for themselves, we aligned our goal. And now it's not saying hit the phone, hit the phone. It's like, I thought this was important. I thought you committed to that. Uh, it's, it's another commitment more important to that. So uh, constantly doing that, but also being um, like just making them believe in themselves even more. Um, it's interesting to add on to what John said. It's everybody in the MFO world that's extremely successful will have this struggle when they start building a team thinking that everyone will be exactly like them and do the things that they want to do for themselves. Yeah. Now, to add on to what John said, we've done that somewhat with three of the agents that we have where they we know that they're, they're, they're killers. They fit all our core values. They'll go the extra mile. They will get it done. So we're confident that we'll be able to build that out uh, with those kind of quality agents. It's hard, but... Um, you know, any it, the team is so close to the point where I feel if we went to insurance tomorrow, everybody would come with us, because we know that everybody's invested in each other's success. Mm. So that's the, the kind of accountability that's there as well. So really, it sounds like a lot of um, not really like choking them or anything, but like really loving <laughs> on them and holding them accountable to uh, what they want. Mild, mild choking, like mild. <laughs> yeah. Like there's a child lock on the stand-up desks. We started applying that where you can't put it down and they don't know the code until the contacts are hit. That's the choking part. That's really all it is. Got it. <laughs> it's, so there are it's... some structures that you put in place to, to hold them accountable to the contact, contacts that they make. 
Like you yeah. told me that you wanted this. That means that you need to take this many listings. That means that every single day you need to make this many contacts. You hold them accountable to those measures. Exactly. Yeah. And then with monthly competitions on top of that, that's like the nitrous to it as well, which is awesome. And, and you know, we're still learning though, right? Like uh, the biggest yeah. struggle I think for me was I was like, oh, okay. I, you know, I sold a hundred homes in a year and I was like, okay, you know, I could keep doing that or like, like we talked about in some of the questions that we were going to talk about today is like, you know, what's your why? I realized recently, like, you know, within the last one or two years, my why is like inspiring some of these younger agents and, and sort of sort of showing them the way and, and, and teaching them that they can really make an incredible life for themselves. So, you know, my goal is to, to really share that with more people, um, slowly phase out of all of these appointments and the prospecting and, and sort of teach them the way. But what I've realized is it's, it's, you know, becoming a great leader is not, uh, you know, uh, first of all, it's not for everybody, but it's just, it doesn't happen overnight. You got to read a lot of books and do a lot of, you know, uh, trial and error and, and, uh, research and, and a lot of masterminding with other people and figure out what works. And, and, uh, you know, it's, it, it's the whole process is really pretty incredible. I mean, I, I know like just from recruiting agents, you know, my experience so far over the last year or so, you know, I would go into these like recruiting conversations or appointments or one-on-one -on -one with no presentation, no script, no, you know, no, uh, no SOP. Right. So I would treat one different, everyone differently. It's sort of like when we all became a real estate agent, right? You didn't yeah. have every, you didn't treat every listing appointment the same way you should be yeah. right. And you should be going through your script and your conversation and your follow-up and you should handle everything the same way. And, you know, I wasn't putting all of these agent recruits into a CRM. Now I do. Right. So it's almost like, Hey, whatever you want to build, whether it's a pipeline of listings or a pipeline of, you know, good, strong quality agents, you really have to, treat it like your full-time job. And that, again, that's been the biggest struggle is because we're still involved in going on the listing appointments. Uh, you know, sometimes I'm trying to figure out where I'm supposed to be at what time, but, um, but that's, that's struggles that we all experience. That's the journey. And that's the fun yeah. of it. You yeah. know, we got to gamify what we do, right? Yeah, exactly. That's amazing. Okay. So obviously we're all learning to uh, get out of what we, our wax and get into our fire. Um, yep. Kira, what's your why? Wow. Uh, you know, I, I would say I, I like building something bigger where I could see everybody grow within. Um, it's, it, it could be without trying to say exactly what John said, it's very similar to that. Um, which is one of the reasons why rolling into one of the questions of knowing if it's the right partner, seeing how someone speaks about someone that they work with or someone that's like you know, on the team, uh, when they, when no one's else is around there. Um, it, one of the things that uh, I really appreciated is that when John and I were used to prospect together, he used to be like, there's this girl, her name is Nikki on my team. I'm going to make her a millionaire in five years. I'm going to make her a millionaire in five years. And the same way it was almost, we do the same exact thing when we were talking about people who were working with us and people who were involved with us. It's we're, we're like, we want them to succeed at the same high level too. We want them everybody to accomplish what they want, uh, whatever that is. And it, it's, it's, it's a driving factor. I'll give you an example. I was just in Munich last week uh, for Oktoberfest and I'm over there and uh, one of our agents, she's 19 years old. She's going to break six. Are you sure you, you, sure you can share this story? 
I can. It's PG thirteen. Uh, but no, but she was on. She was on the phone with me for an hour. I left the Oktoberfest tent. I was running outside to find a quiet space because I wanted to actually help her out and hear her. So I left the whole thing behind just because that got me excited to see what she's working on, how like what she needs help with. Like those things get your adrenaline rushing when you know that like someone's like a couple of you know tweaks away from being able to have anything and everything they want. Um, Brian Tracy has this really good quote that goes, "Your most valuable non tangible asset is your earning potential." and your most scarce uh, uh, resource is your time. Mm -hmm. So when someone's able to increase that for themselves, they can do whatever they want with their time, no? So uh, it's exciting to be able to build that within someone else. That's amazing. So you two sound like you're both, uh, your whys are really about contribution. Because you've done it, both are top 1%, uh, hundreds of millions in production, and now it's all about giving back and seeing other people grow, and that really truly feels you know, what you do right now. And that's why you want to get more and more out of the production side and into the mentorship and coaching side is what I'm hearing, correct? 100%. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Hey, tell, tell me, tell us a little bit about EOS because we there's some letters, but what does that mean? <laughs> Johnny, you hit that? So, yeah, we, um, you know, I, I don't know where it initially originated from, but... Um, just just oh. going through different like masterminds and MFO events and all sorts of, you know, shadowing different agents over the years. We kept hearing about people saying, hey, you know, have you signed up for EOS? Have you hired an EOS business implementer? Um, and finally, I think Lee Marcus, yeah, it was Lee Marcus who had told Kiro on a mastermind that he had hired an EOS coach uh, by the name of MZ. We'll give him a shout out. And uh, he, you know, What's interesting is when, if you just go on the EOS website and you say, I want to hire an EOS implementer, what they'll do is they'll send you somebody who's based in New Jersey. And in, in all transparency, the person they sent us the, at originally was not, you know, up to our par. And so we reached out to Lee and we actually paid Lee's implementer, who's based in Chicago, to, to come to New Jersey. Um, and now he we've signed him up and... You know, we're, we're really big on like, hey, if it's working for them and, you know, we can be coachable, we'll do it. Yeah. So uh, we brought him in. We hired him about a year ago now, maybe nine months ago. Uh, I think we're in our third quarter. And, uh, you know, we still got a lot to learn. But to, to answer your initial question, it's entrepreneurial operating systems. Uh, it's not necessarily real estate brokerage or real estate, residential real estate focused. But they'll sit down with any, you know, small business whether you own a car wash or, you know, uh, some other business and they'll sit down and, and break everything down and make sure you have the right people in the right seats, make sure that you're running efficiently, make sure that you have actual goals and targets and rocks, uh, make sure that you know how to lead and make sure that you know how to run meetings and manage your team. And, um, he's almost like a therapist in some, some aspects too, you know? <laughs> Like there's times where he's been, you know, he's in our conference room and he's asking me very difficult questions about how I think Kiro handles situations and he'll ask Kiro the same thing. And it makes, uh, you know, it's almost like a little bit of a business intervention, but, um, you know, yeah. he usually sides with me. So that's, <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. So that's the EOS is it been mentioned, mentioned in the book rocket fuel a few times. That's the company, correct? Yep, that's Gino Wickman's company. Yep. Got it, got it. Wow. Super helpful. Thank you for explaining that and definitely look into it. And if any team leaders out there that are listening to this, check out EOS. 
They are not real estate specific, but they can help you build a team more efficiently and more productive and more profitable. So thank you for sharing that. Guys, we're almost out of time. I want you guys to give me both one piece of advice or some inspirational words for agents to finish strong in 2022, please. Hmm. I would say proximity is everything. Proximity yeah. is power, just like what Tony Robbins says. If you hang out with five other millionaires, you will become a millionaire eventually. Thank yeah. you. John? Uh, I'll, I'll play off that too. Uh, one of the things that we talk about with Aaron Novello, right? Collaboration is the new currency. And so instead of looking at some of the agents in your market as competitors, right? There's an infinite amount of business out there. I would say try to find ways to collaborate with people. Uh, like Kiro said, get that proximity. You know, we're of the mentality that, you know, if I'm trying to raise money for a real estate fund and I think that all the investors are hanging out at the country club, what do I have to pay to join that country club? You know, mm-hmm. if, if I think that, uh, you know, if I know a mastermind exists of all people who are growing, you know, uh, teams that, that do a thousand units a year, what do I have to do to join that mastermind? Who do I have to, mm-hmm. who do I have to get in the proximity with? You know, who do I have to be around to, to get myself to the next level? So. Um, you know, I think there was a quote I read on Instagram recently. It was like, you know, I would, I would work for the best person in my industry for two years without pay before I'd pay $150,000 for an MBA. Right. And it's just, you know, like there's so many books and there's so many things out there giving us direction on like what exactly we have to do to be successful in our field. And all we have to do is just spend more time with the people who are doing it already. You know, it's, it's right in front of our face. So more proximity to people like you, John, who've been, you know, mentors to us. And, um, you know, that's why we're always happy to do stuff like this, of course. Oh, thank you for kind words. I didn't even know I was, but, uh, it's, it's an honor and guys, thank you for being here. Uh, what I heard from that was who, not how, and it's all about who, you know, it sounds cliche, but it's really, really true. You two fine gentlemen, thank you so much for sharing today. How can we send you referrals or join your team? Sure. Uh, well, you can just go to lighthouseresidential.com or you can find either of us on Instagram. Uh, we both have difficult names spelled. So Lighthouse one is easy. Yeah, one. go to Lighthouse and uh, or John, <laughs> yeah, John will do this, the honors, and tag us wherever you post this. <laughs> will do. Awesome, man. Guys, thank you so much, John. Thank you. Thank yeah, you thank, so much. Thank you, guys. Let's, uh, let's keep in touch. We got to have a part two because you guys have, I feel, so much more to share. Unfortunately, we all have half an hour. Guys, make it a great day and we'll see you all soon. Thank you. Awesome, man. Thank Cheers. you. Cheers.